Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Good morning, gang, and Merry Christmas. We're just a few days away here. Oh, the end of another year. I think I went on and on about that last week. But we won't go on about the end of a year because, really, it's just the beginning of another one. So I hope that you are doing all kind of gardening things in your landscape, preparing for Christmas. We always decorate the inside of the house, don't we? Maybe the landscape is a great place to decorate for Christmas. You know, a lot of times I think about our evergreen trees, our holly bushes and trees, shrubs. These are all great evergreen plants that really have become accustomed with Christmas. Well, because why? Well, they have leaves at Christmas time. You know, the oaks and the maples, they have no leaves, just naked branches. And so when we get to the end of the year, we look around for holiday decor and we find the evergreens so maybe now is a good time to judge your landscape and figure out how many evergreens you have do you have enough to make the end of the year the winter time do you have enough evergreens to make your garden look great we've talked about that on this program before of course you can find episodes on evergreen plants at newsoutherngarden.com and you can find every sh- episode of the show we've ever had posted there. And, of course, on your favorite podcasting apps. Because as you're traveling this Christmas, we don't want you to forget about the garden. And, of course, you can listen to all the wonderful programming here on WRWH on the TuneIn app. Yes, as you're traveling, as long as you have access to the Internet, whether it's on your phone or a smart device or on your computer, you can pull up the TuneIn app, search for WRWH, and put a little heart beside it because that means it's your favorite, <laughs> and you will get uh, you you will get that uh, WRWH channel right at your fingertips. You don't you don't have to be in the state, you don't have to be in this country to listen to your hometown radio and all the great programming. You just need access to the internet. So check out the TuneIn app. Last week, gang, we talked about a strange and unusual garden practice, something that comes from the Germans. It's called Hugel culture, which means literally mound cultivation. And this, of course, is where we are creating these distinct layers to, to form a mound. And you can find the details of that on NewSouthernGarden.com. I do want to let you know, I think I mentioned that at the house we are doing um, in our garden some raised beds. And I've decided that a certain number of the raised beds are going to be layered in that hugoculture fashion. Now, some people may call it lasagna gardening. It's very similar to that, where you create these distinct layers of particularly organic matter, putting the most unrotted, the most freshest organic matter on the bottom of your planting bed or your mound. 
and working your way up with leaves, maybe turf grass, uh, manures and compost, and then planting soil on the very top. Now, we mentioned that this particular type of gardening, the Hugo culture, doesn't have a whole lot of good science behind it. And we love to listen to science because uh, the, the universities and horticulture uh, institutions are, are researching things to see what's a good practice, see what's better, see how um, our plants will respond to what we do to them. And one of the biggest concerns with this was that the, uh, the way you layer these mounds is quite reverse from how nature layers things you know we're putting in hugo culture we're putting soil planting stuff on top and down below we're putting organic matter and leaves and stems and twigs and branches whereas in nature soil is on the bottom and every fall time leaves fall on top branches may fall off trees throughout the year and they rest on top of the soil so that's one of the biggest concerns uh, with hugoculture, but I, I'm going to do a couple of our raised beds in this hugoculture layered manner and see how they perform against more traditional or uh, conventional uh, raised bed production. So it's going to be sort of a little experiment. We'll keep you updated on that. We probably won't really know much results, maybe by next spring or summer, but um, we also are going to be planting stuff in them over the winter. And that is what I want to talk about today. We'll kind of get these hugoculture raised beds and conventional raised beds into action because there are some things that you can plant over winter in your raised beds that actually will benefit them. Uh, some of these crops give, have, need a very long window of growth. Uh, really, most of these crops we're talking about are going to be underground crops, things that we are harvesting from below the ground, even though some of the tops are all, uh, also harvested. And I was looking back at the year 2023, and one of our very first, maybe it was the first, program was about alliums, ornamental onions. And I was telling you that we planted many out at the, at the uh, garden and I just love them for their beautiful uh, spherical blooms, their globe-shaped blooms that rise up on these tall, thin, naked stem. Well, today, I think we should wrap up the year, as we have just a couple of shows left for this year. I think we should wrap up the year by talking about edible alliums, which, of course, are onions and things in the onion family. The beauty of these onions is that they don't like things very hot. They would rather, just like the ornamental alliums, they would rather do all their work over winter or rather through fall, winter, and into spring, and then maybe just the earliest parts of summer before it gets really hot. But with certain onions, with certain onions, they need a very long window in order to be harvested. As a matter of fact, some of our classic, the bulb type onions need 175, up to 175 days, but usually at least 100. So we're going to talk about the different types of onions that you can grow in your garden, what you may want to go ahead and start planting now, and maybe what you want to think about start planting as we get closer to spring, but not into spring, because these onions do benefit from having cool weather, and particularly if you live in an area that has a mild winter. Of course, hard winters, things aren't going to do very well, even the onions, but if you have a mild winter like we do here in the southeastern United States, then 
planting onions in fall, winter, late winter, early spring is not a problem. It is a race for time when we start getting past the new year because, of course, you need 175 days for some of these classic onions to bulb up and bulk up into that nice round globe of an onion we love. Uh, but then again, some onions don't need quite as long because you'll be harvesting them for their foliage, like green onions or the bunching onions. So there is an onion for everybody. Of course, when you start to consider what you're going to plant in your gardens or in your landscapes, I do like to remind folks that you need to be growing the things you like. If you don't like onions, then I wouldn't plant them. If you prefer garlic, which is going to be something else we talk about today, it's in the onion family, but if you prefer garlic over uh, leeks or the bulb onions, then maybe grow the garlic instead of the others. You know, we're all limited for space and limited for time, maybe some more than others. I guess we're all limited for time about the same rate. But if you don't have the kind of time or the kind of space to grow a lot of things, then you need to be very specific when you're planting. And you need to make sure that you're planting things that you're going to actually use. If you're going to actually use it, it'll do two things for you. Well, first of all, when it's done growing and you harvest it, you'll actually use it. So that's one of the great benefits to planting things that you eat and like. Another benefit to planting things that you like is that you will probably be more excited to get out there and pull weeds and thin the seedlings and stake the plant if it's a plant that needs staking, mulching it, composting on top, watering it, fertilizing it, all the things. You will probably be more attentive to things that you know you're actually going to, to be eating. And then, of course, with all this hard work put into it, you know, in the case of some onions, 175 days later, you're popping them out of the ground, taking them inside, and you get that satisfaction because maybe you make an onion soup or maybe you slice it for sandwiches or maybe you uh, dice it up to add to a certain um, dish that you're cooking. You know, that is the satisfaction right there. The tastiness, the harvesting, bringing it in. But it is a lot of hard work between planting and cooking. So we ought to probably go ahead and start talking about some of these onion types because, of course, the onion group of plants, the alliums, they are in a plant family that's related to the amaryllis bulbs, the amaryllis flowers, the amaryllis family. There's actually quite a number of plants that are included in the amaryllis family. But alliums or onions fall into that category. And then beneath that category of onions, there are several different types. Of course, I've already talked about most of them. But the first one would be that classic onion that you and I know and maybe love. I don't love raw onions with that pungent flavor, but I do like a good onion that's been cooked, whether it's boiled in soups or whether it's grilled uh, or fried. I love them cooked. But those are the bulb onions. Now, they do take um, 100 maybe to 175 days. And of course, within the onion, uh, the bulbing onion group, you have yellow onions, white onions, red onions, and of course, sweet onions. And the sweet onions, of course, go hand in hand with us here in Georgia because, of course, there are just a few counties in the sort of middle eastern part of the state that can grow Vidalia onions. They can only grow them there, not because you couldn't grow them at your house, but you can only call them Vidalia because they came from a certain number of counties. Now, uh, with that being said, Vidalia onion is not really a type of onion. 
it is actually a marketing term. <laughs> so you can grow sweet onions, but you can't sell them as Vidalia unless you're from those counties. And probably, if I remember right, from my Georgia Department of Agriculture days have been sort of approved and licensed by the State Department of Ag. So those are bulb onions. Then, of course, there's the leeks. Now, the leeks are more like, say, um, garlic. You know, they will produce many stems, one plant, whether you're growing them from seed or from sets, that one plant can generate side shoots uh, if you allow it to. So it is more of a garlic e type plant with an elongated stem with the leeks you are really eating the stem part if you want to call it that uh, they don't make a very large underground bulb like the traditional onion but these rather have a tall somewhat skinny narrow cylinder like base uh, that you can trim the tops trim the roots off and slice up that tall cylinder structure with that being said, uh, it is a different kind of onion. It is in a different um, species than the bulbing onion. So it acts a little different, but it still likes the cool weather. And they don't near, take nearly as long to produce or be harvested. Some varieties may be harvested in 70 days and others up to over 100, maybe 110 days. So that's the leek. You know, I, I remember hearing on television, really, it's like when you're watching something British, they talk about leek soup, leek soup. Well, I think that's a good thing to try out. So the leeks, look into those. Of course, they're a different kind of onion, maybe a bit milder, but they are one of the cold, hardiest plants you could grow in your vegetable garden, which means they can handle a lot of cool, cold weather. I would say you could start these in the fall and then, of course, harvest them throughout the, the winter and into early spring and probably have time for another spring planting or late winter planting. Then, then of course, the, the next type of onion are the bunching onions. Now, these are onions kind of like leeks. They have very narrow stems. They don't make a large, uh, thick bulb, but they do cluster. And there's one that is known as the evergreen bunching onion that I just love. Now, this one will have several stems over time. It is very perennial. I, I would love to talk about that as we get into the details of some of these. But then I do want to draw your attention to one of the most classic garden plants and one of the most smelliest, and that's garlic. Uh, you may not think that garlics and onions are related, but they are in the same group of plants, the alliums. They just have different um, species. So when we get back from this break, we'll break all these four groups of onions down into more details. Hang on tight, and let's get stinky with, <laughs> with some onions. Hey gang, do you sometimes feel like you are riding a lonely trail while gardening, all alone with no one to join in the fun? Well, join the new Southern Garden community today and find peace of mind by sharing your experiences, whether they be poor ones or successful ones. New Southern Garden is on Facebook and Instagram, so I'd love for you to friend, follow, like, share whatever it is we're doing these days. Also, you can check out our website at NewSouthernGarden.com where you can not only find every episode of the show ever, but you can also send us a question via our Contact Us page. It's never fun gardening alone. So get social with the New Southern Garden family and let's grow well.
right, gang, so we are having a bit of a stinky conversation today because we're talking about onions, but onions are a wonderful thing that you can grow in your gardens, even right now and, and pretty soon after. I'll tell you, when I was working for the Department of Agriculture here in our state, I, I had the opportunity to talk to Vidalia onion growers and uh, was sort of interviewing them for for video and, and audio stuff. And I remember finding it quite interesting that they start planting their onion bulbs, bulbets, their sets for Vidalia production after Christmas or around Christmas and then right at the beginning of the new year. And then, of course, they're harvesting maybe 120 days later or more. They're harvesting in April, usually. And, of course, the state government has to set the opening day for Vidalia uh, onion sales. But that's sometime between April and, and, and maybe May. But with that being said, onions are a long-growing crop, especially if you're talking about the bulbing onions. Now, before the break, we talked about four different types of onions we're going to look into today. But the first one is that bulbing onion. Now, this falls into a group of alliums called Allium sepa. Of course, they're part of the Amaryllis family. They can grow in almost any climate. They grow in full sun. They do like loose, well-draining soil. I know we have a lot of clay here in the Piedmont, uh, but you can amend those soils with organic matter, and that will help improve to get that loose and well-drained soil. Uh, of course, sandy loam, if you have a loamy soil that's a bit sandy, that would be wonderful. But their pH range is maybe a little higher than most things we would tend to grow, which is around 6 to 7.5. So see, that shows that they can grow in slightly acidic to just above, we're right at the low end of alkaline soils. Now, if you're going to set your onions out there, you can grow any of these onions from seed. You can find seed for them, usually in the spring, of course, and maybe in the fall time. Uh, but you can find them from online seed, seed dealers as well. But growing onions of any kind from seed can take a little more time because you've got to go through that germination process. You may have to grow it out for a couple of months indoors if it's really cold outside, especially if you're doing it right here as we go into winter. Um, but if you do them outdoors from, from seed, you can sow them in spring, fall, and again, depending on your climate, you might get by by planting those seed in the wintertime. But um, we do want to keep the seeds about two inches uh, or, or rather put two seeds two inches apart in rows that are 12 to 18 inches apart. So you just need about a foot between your rows. Uh, but when you're sowing seed, you can keep them just a couple of inches. But then, of course, we're going to have to start thinning. Um, you're going to start thinning. And one of the great, way, the, the great things about onions is instead of, say, bean plants, if you're thinning your bean plants, you're just pulling out young plants and throwing them away. But if you plant your onion plants or seeds two inches apart, as they grow, as they start to add, you know, more leaves, maybe a little thicker stem, when you thin these, 
you can take them straight into the kitchen and use them in your cooking because they are every bit onion. There's just not a bulb yet. The bulbing process takes a bit longer. But as you're growing these and they are thin and you're thinning them out, you don't have to just chunk them in the compost. You can actually use them. Uh, you can't do that with a bean plant. Well, I mean, I guess unless you like to eat bean plants. Uh, but, of course, the beans produce a fruit we call beans, and the onions produce a bulb. So we're actually eating the stems and the leaves and the bulb just at a younger age. Now, um, once you get to your final spacing on these bulb onions, you probably do want them about six inches apart. It's a good idea with any of these onions we're talking about to probably keep those plants about six inches apart if we keep them too close together. We may not get a fully developed onion bulb, and of course, they may be on the small side. So giving them room so their shoulders can spread, spread out is really, is really important. Now, when it comes to what kind of bulb onion to grow, what should we be looking for? Well, of course, we need to find a bulb onion whose growth corresponds directly to the amount of sunlight the plant receives in your area. You see, whether you're growing in a warm climate uh, with, with maybe a short day or long days, um, depending on how where you're positioned around the United States or wherever you're listening to this, you do need to pick um, your bulbs uh, or your onion types appropriately. So in other words, in warm climates, we'd want to choose a short day onion, which only needs just 10 hours of daylight per day to bulb. Some of those good varieties are Red Grano, Red Rock, Texas Sweet, uh, White Castle, and of course the Vidalia onion types. There's one uh, called Gran X, if you can find that. Then, of course, long-day onions. They require 14 to 15 hours of daylight to form a bulb. Now, they're best suited in cooler climates where the days of that uh, where days of that length begin around the summer solstice. So, among those types, you may find Blush, New York Early, Rosa de Milano, Sweet Spanish, and Walla Walla. Maybe try out the Walla Walla if you're growing up and up north. Um, but then there are some bulbs which are or uh, onion types, which are day neutral. It doesn't matter about the length of day. And those day neutral bulbs are going to be ideal in in-between regions, maybe. You're not quite uh, south and you're not quite north, but some of those day neutral onions, um, they tend to be quite sweet too. So Cabernet, Candy, Expression, Sierra Blanca, and Scout, those are some of those day neutral bulbs that can also go in those in-between areas where you don't have short days, you don't have long days. So it is important with onions to do the research and make sure that you're planting a, an onion that is going to perform well in your climate. Now, other than seeding onions, you can purchase onions as what we call sets, maybe slips, but usually you hear the word onion set, and it's just a young, already germinated, maybe it's two or three or four months old. It's not a very big onion at all. It just looks like maybe a wild onion, if you're familiar with the weeds that grow outside in your landscape. It's just a thin little set, and then sometimes you'll find them as dry onion sets, which don't have leaves on on them, but they're just a small bulb. So you can plant those as well, and that gets you a head start. All you have to do is poke a hole in your soil and place the, the little bulb 
so that the leafy end, if you're buying the fresh sets, uh, is above the soil and the tiny roots are well covered, but maybe no deeper than an inch. We really don't want to plant the bulbing onions too deep because that may that will not encourage them to get round and big and globe-like. If we do plant them too deep, that bulb development might be uh, inhibited. Now, again, spacing is critical. We talked about for full-size onions, leave them four to six inches apart. But if you want to harvest some of these bulbing onions early, you can harvest them at a green onion stage. And, of course, you can keep those maybe as tight as you like. (laughs) Um, Of course, they are relatively easy to grow, but what are some of the diseases? It is, uh, most of these onions are going to be a plant it and forget it crop. They don't need a whole lot of monitoring. Um, Maybe you just mulch them, but you don't want to bury them too deep in the mulch. Uh, You may see onion maggots. Uh, They sometimes find their way into your garden beds, and, and they'll bore up through the onion bulbs to feed on the stems, actually. Thrips are little flying insects that can attack summer and foliage, but again, you you may not be growing a lot of onions in the summer, uh, but if you are, you'll really only ever know it because you'll see these silvery blotches on the green growth. So it's a good idea for the health of these bulbs and onions just to keep the garden well-maintained, keep them free of weeds and maybe other plant debris so we're not attracting potential um, insects and diseases. But otherwise, these are going to be a very, very easy crop. Uh, These, of course, are the bulb-type onions, you know, the kind of that classic onion look, if you will. When you harvest them, you'll store them in a cool, dry place, um, making sure that they don't stay too wet, but they don't dry out either. So when we get back from the break, gang, we're going to talk more onions and go into the world of the wonderful leeks. They're onions too, they just are a little different. So hang on tight, more on leeks after this break. Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. So, gang, I hope that you like onions because if you're just joining us for the program today, we are talking about growing edible onions. I noticed that I was, as I was looking back at reviewing New Southern Garden and the discussions we've had all year, since we're near the end of the year now, I noticed that we talked about ornamental onions at the beginning, and I thought, well, why not at the end of the year here we talk about edible onions? So before the break, we were just talking and kind of wrapping up our discussion on the traditional onion, if you will, the bulbing onion. Of course, those are the onions that you'd buy in the grocery store. They get large and round, globe shape. And of course, uh, they, they take a while. They may take up to 175 days with certain varieties. But when you are ordering your onion sets or whether you want to grow them from seed or not, Be sure that you are ordering the right kind of onion for your area because onions, the bulbing types, 
they do respond to the length of days. So you have short day onions and long day onions and day neutral onions, which may be beneficial to folks who are right in the middle of our country. But with that being said, leeks are another member of the onion family, and they're not nearly as picky. Of course, there are um, two types of leeks that we'll discuss, but leeks in general have been used as a culinary crop for over 4,000 years that we're aware of. So they've been around a long time. They're relatively easy to grow, and in moderate climates or areas where the winter is not crazy, you can overwinter them in your garden very well and very easily with maybe just a little protection. But they are one of, I've heard it described, that leeks are one of the cold hardiest of the garden vegetables. So maybe go ahead and give it a shot uh, next week and you'll have some uh, leeks growing before Christmas. <laughs> but with that being said, um, the idea of the leek is not that it produces a big round globular bulb, but rather the ideas of leeks are that they don't form bulbs, but they do have these very thick and elongated white stalks. Now these white stalks are usually called blanched stalks. That is actually the portion of the plant that you'll be eating. Now, this blanching is kind of a critical term. Um, in order to get this plant to produce that blanched stalk, you have to keep as much light exposure as possible away from that stalk. And this is accomplished in a process known as hilling. I remember that my... Um, grandfather, when he first helped me plant a garden, we would hill up the potatoes. So every few, uh, maybe every week or every other week, we would bring in more soil around the base of the plants. Now that's not to really encourage the blanching, but it is to encourage more growth on the potato. But when you are bringing more soil up around the stem of a leek, that is the healing process helps to cover the stem with soil so that light is not allowed to penetrate and you will have these very elongated, thick, and delicious stems that you can use in your cooking. So as that plant continues to grow, more leaves go higher up, you start to mound up around it, and if you're healing regularly, you should have a very nice, thick, tall, blanched stem. Now, there are some varieties of leeks. This is what I was getting at earlier. There's two main groups. There's the classic full-size leek, and then there is a short-season leek, which is basically a quicker-to-mature leek. They will have thinner stems and won't keep as long in storage. Um, but for those classic-sized uh, leeks, the longer-storing leeks, um, they do take a longer season. So they do will take longer, but they are worth the wait if you're looking for that kind of classic thick leaf, um, lick, thick leek, oh, all these Ks. Some of the varieties that you may want to look into when it comes to leek, there's one called Alto or Alto. And although it's not really winter hardy, this is a good variety to grow in the spring for a summer harvest. It's a tall, it grows fast, it's a full-flavored leek. When it's mature, it takes up to maybe 85 days, which is relatively short. And um, it can alternately be harvested earlier for a milder flavor. The great thing about onions 
of any kind is that you can essentially harvest them at any stage of their development, their growth, and they will be, you know, flavor, there will be flavor. But in order to maximize flavor, you may have to figure out if uh, you have to let these onions or leeks or bunching onions or garlic go a little bit longer. Let's see, another variety of leek is King Richard. Now, it's another fast grower. It's a medium-sized leek. It does have a nice white shaft or um, a stem, and it's got dark blue-green foliage, so it's really attractive. I think that leeks are actually a very pretty plant, but it is more cold-tolerant than other varieties, and it could be a good contender to grow over winter here in our moderate or mild climate. Now, Lancelot is a classic open-pollinated leek with an excellent large white stalk that averages 12 to 14 inches. So you get a foot or more worth of a leek with Lancelot. And it's a good variety for summer and, of course, to harvest um, in early fall. One more variety of leek is Tadorna, which is a vigorous grower. She produces these dark green leaves on a good-sized stalk. And this variety is adapted to many regions, so it can be uh, grown almost anywhere. And it's a good cool-weather option. So if you're looking for leeks to grow now, maybe look for Tadorna. And it has good disease resistance um, to the leaf blight. We'll talk about that later. But it does reach maturity in about 110 days. So... Not a super fast grower, uh, which is good because you could grow that over winter. We have slow, cold days, and you could have some of these leeks, the Tadorna at least, harvesting by late winter, early spring. So um, you can grow your leeks from seed. This is probably usually how you would do it. Um, You can sprinkle them onto a flat container of some kind, let these seedlings reach about three inches tall in your um, container, and then you can separate them into individual cells, maybe grow them out a little longer. Uh, But regardless, you can plant them Uh, You can plant them in the garden uh, with a good spacing, uh, maybe, say, six inches apart. Six inches between the plants and maybe 24 inches between the rows. But with that being said, only one or two inches of the seedling leaves will be above the ground at this point. So you don't really want to, um, to push them too deep and don't compress the soil around the stem because, of course, that is going to be, um, be hard for them to start growing. So keep the, keep the soil light and airy and just mildly shore them in. And then, of course, as we go throughout the season, we need to start healing them up, covering up those stems. Stems as they grow, more leaves will be sent vertically, and a tight, nice, blanched stem will be growing underneath the soil as we heal them. Um, while they're growing, you may have a few issues. Of course, we've talked about the onion maggot from the bulbing onions. They could be a problem. Thrips, again, could be a problem with this particular onion as well, the leek. But there is the, probably the most common disease that's going to affect leaves, uh, leeks is the leaf blight. And again, there are some varieties that have some resistance to this. We mentioned one or two. So be on the lookout for varieties that may be uh, somewhat, at least mildly, resistant to leaf blight. That would be better. And then some other foliage challenges you may have is leek rust and downy mildew. 
And white rot is actually a fungus that lives in the soil. If you happen to get the white rot, this could be something that um, is, is a major setback or problem. But when you harvest them, you're literally just lifting them from the ground. Once they reach the average size for that variety, maybe it's 12 inches, 14 inches, maybe smaller, Loosen the soil around the stalk, maybe use a spading fork, and then lift them from the soil, knock off the soil that may be touching the root system or the stem, and then they're ready to go inside and be eaten. Uh, you want to wash them up probably before you put them into a pot, but other than that, they're ready to go. This is, the leek is one of the cold hardiest vegetables, definitely one of the cold hardiest onions that you're going to be growing in your landscape or your garden, and some of them can be grown in as little as 70 days. Some of them can be grown in over 100 days, which is pretty average for a lot of onions. But still, it is a wonderful plant that's just something different. And to me, the plant themselves are just really beautiful. Now, in the same world, you see, with the bunching, or rather, with the bulb-type onions, we are uh, eating that bulb part, which is really just a swollen stem. But then with the leek, we are eating... That blanched stalk, which again is not a swollen stem, but it is essentially stem material of the plant. Now, let's talk about a different kind of onion, the, the scallion, or my grandma used to call them scallions, or green onions, right? These are uh, onions that come with a variety of names. Welsh onions, I've, in, in some research, I found the Welsh onion is a name for them, which actually, they're not from... Um, from a Welsh part of the world, or Wales, they actually, that term Welsh was an English word for foreign. That's how it used to be used, was Welsh meant foreign. And so these were foreign onions. But regardless, whatever you call them, bunching onions, green onions, scallions, they are an easy-to-grow onion, and they give you something uh more quickly, if you will, than the other type of onions we're talking about today. Because bunching onions are really a perennial, non-bulbing allium that produce yummy green stems. And of course, they have tiny white roots. And that happens year after year. Now, they have these thick, round, hollow stems that are bright green in color. And they're unique. They're lovely greenish-white flowers, too, that will also develop. But they're kind of slow to develop. And they'll bloom through much of the summer. Now, the leaves of this bunching or uh, green onion, they have a mild onion flavor and are edible whether they're cooked or whether you eat them raw. Now, there are some larger varieties of these bunching onions that are similar to leeks, and then there are some smaller varieties of these green onions that resemble chives. But the flowers, too, are edible, and they have a similarly sharp flavor, but they tend to be a bit on the dry side. Now, the wonderful thing about these bunching onions, if you will, uh, these are perennial, and they're fast, they're easy to grow, and sometimes they're utilized as an annual, they're harvested completely, and then people may reseed them, but you don't have to do that. If you get these bunching onions started in your garden, you will have plenty of stems to save and replant. So uh, we started growing some of these evergreen bunching onions at the nursery. Of course, you can find me throughout the week at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia. And we started growing some of these evergreen onions from seed. And now, two years later, we have many clumps of these evergreen onion plants. And they just keep going. They 
They don't look their hottest in the summer, but that doesn't matter because they have a lot of storage down below the soil in that sort of chubby stalk. We won't call it a bulb, but it's essentially something like that. And so with that being said, we can take these clumps of onions, separate them into individual stalks, and replant them. Use the ones that we wish, but then replant year after year, and we don't have to start them from seed every single year. But of course, what you'll be doing with these scallions or these bunch onions is you'll be using the tops of the onions, and these are the ones you see sold in the grocery store. Now, of course, you could buy seed like we did at the nursery, and you could put them in the ground that way, but also you can easily go to the grocery store, buy a clump of green onions, and as long as that those little tiny white roots are intact, you could essentially plant those directly in your landscape uh, or in your garden beds. So with that being said, these uh, green onions are easy to get a hold of, and at least the ones we're growing, they've made it go, they've grown right through the cold winter months. When we get back from this break, more on onions. Hey gang, it's Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to the New Southern Garden Podcast. Of course, I love providing you with horticultural information to get you growing and growing well. But sometimes you need more than just information. You need plants. So I'd love for you to join me at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week. But you can find more than just me, of course. (laughs) At Lanier Nursery and Gardens, you can browse through our wide selection of ornamental trees, glorious shrubs, and colorful perennials and annuals. And I want to thank all our listeners who have already made the trek to Lanier Nursery. It's been a pleasure to meet you and hear your gardening stories. We've got a wonderful crew of folks who are just itching to help you grow your best garden ever. So check out LanierNurseryGardens.com for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's get growing together. Well, gang, in just a few more sleeps, Santa will be coming and shimming down our chimneys, bringing us some Christmas cheer. But I would rather end today's program with some Christmas cheer for your gardens because right now you can grow. And whether you've started them already, uh, whether you want to start some of them indoors and slowly acclimate them into your garden, but These onions we've been talking about today are a good crop to be growing now and then, of course, after the turn of the year, when we get into the new year, you can grow some of the onion sets. See, onions are wonderful plants because they like it cooler. And, you know, as long as we have a mild winter, which we usually do, they don't have a problem. Before the break, we were talking about bunching onions or scallions, green onions, if you will. There's many different types um, within that group in itself, but we've been growing an evergreen bunching onion. And I'll tell you right now that this onion batted its eyes. It did not, I should say, it did not bat its eyes even last winter when we were growing it and we had single degree temperatures around Christmas. Was it Christmas, right? Or sometime in December. It got down into like the six or five, maybe where you are. It was even colder. But with that being said, 
it did not bat an eye. They continued to grow uh, through the spring. They've grown all this summer. We're dividing them right now and resetting them. But the idea of green onions or bunching onions is that we are using the foliage of the plant. So, of course, they can be added to soups and stir fries. They can be added into a pan for flavor or just for color because of that beautiful green color that they present. But, of course, the leeks were using the stem part of the plant and the onion were using the bulb, which is essentially a swollen stem. Now, another type of onion that you probably are very familiar with is Allium sativum, which is also the name, the botanical name for garlic. Garlic is in the onion family, but of course, it is one of the most pungents and it has the, that classic garlic, um, classic garlic flavor. It's hard to beat garlic, though, in the kitchen. I mean, it almost seems like every recipe you make, garlic is called for. And it's relatively an easy-to-raise crop in the garden that just gives you an extra benefit for your garden as well. Um, Once you start growing your garlic, you may never have to buy it again. It can be quite abundant. But again, garlic is in the Allium family. Um, with the shallots and the leaves, uh, leeks and the scallions and everything, um, they they do like several of these crops. Garlic uh, can also be stored for long periods of time when you properly care for it. Many of these of these onions, other than maybe the green onions, you can eat those fairly fresh, but uh, you can also dry green onions. So onions have a long shelf life, if you will, if they're appropriately cared for. Now, we need to talk about the different varieties of garlic as quick as we can here. There is soft neck garlic varieties that have these pliable stalks that can be braided for storage and, of course, make an attractive display. You may be familiar with that, the garlic braids. Well, they're best suited to our southern climates. The soft neck garlic usually has an all-white bulb and a milder flavor. The individual cloves uh, are on the small side when you compare it to the other varieties, the hardneck varieties, uh, but they do tend to have more cloves per head. So you may get a smaller clove, but you get more of them. And they generally last longer in storage than the hardnecks. Now, these hardneck garlics, they're identified by these woody and stiff stalks they produce. And usually, uh, they have hues of purple and pink in the bulbs and quite an intense flavor. Now, they are more cold-hardy, and they do better in the northern climates. But the hardneck cloves, they're easier to peel, and they tend to be larger than those softneck varieties. Um, Hardneck garlic also grows a flower stem that's called a scape. Now, this scape is a bonus crop that can be used in things like pesto, maybe stir-fry. You may substitute the onion scapes for green onions in some recipes. And scapes usually appear as this curly garlic stem in spring. You can just cut them off and enjoy them for weeks, even before the garlic heads are ready to be harvested. And actually, removing those flower spikes we call scapes, it forces more of the plant's energy uh, into producing a larger head of garlic. How do you choose which one's right for you, though? Well, rather than starting garlics from seed, usually, and it's easier, too, um, we start them as a clove. Yes, exactly. When you go into the grocery store and you buy a uh, bulb of garlic, the individual cloves can be planted into the ground. Now, sometimes people and gardeners may call these seed garlic kind of like seed potatoes. There's nothing true seed about it, but it is that first thing you're going to be planting. Um, 
with that being said, can you grow gar- uh, store-bought garlic to use as seed garlic? The answer in short is not usually, but the garlic at your local store is usually always from China or California, and of course it depends on where you live, but there's a good chance that it's not suited to grow in your region. So maybe instead, look to a local farmer's market or a local farm stand and maybe go to a farmhouse, a seed supply store who may be selling you garlic that will reliably produce garlic in your climate. But then again, I like to think that it's easy to go into the grocery store, buy a couple of heads of garlic, chop chop them or separate them into cloves and plant them out and see what happens, right? (laughs) See what happens. I will say that uh, I have done that before with some success. So with that being said, though, you may look online at certain store, uh, certain seed suppliers. I do like Baker Creek Heirloom Seed. They're growing garlic now, but when I was looking to purchase, they had already sold out. So garlic goes fast. Keep that off. Now, what about warding off vampires? Well, we may not have to worry about that. Garlic in uh, in folklore, does ward off vampires, but it may help to ward off squirrels too, because squirrels and other mammals they don't like the taste or the smell of garlic. So usually they'll leave your garlic plantings alone, and maybe some of the nearby vegetables that they're planted in. So maybe interplant garlic in and amongst your other leafy greens that most mammals will be attracted to, and hopefully that garlic may help to keep some of the mammals away. Of course, the soil, once you have your cloves, once the, uh, the soil you have needs to be like the soil for the other onions we talked about. It needs to be light, well-drained, because again, we're trying to encourage something to grow underground, the garlic bulb, right? And in order to encourage that to grow, we don't want a lot of rocks. We don't want a lot of hard, compacted soil. It needs room to spread its shoulders, just like bulb onions. So go ahead and plant these cloves, maybe two inches deep, And it may take two to eight weeks for them to really start going. Um, Keep them about four inches apart. Now, if you're growing something like elephant garlic, you may want to keep them six inches apart. But again, just like bulb onions, you're trying to encourage them to spread and grow. And that will be an interesting thing to to accomplish with with soft soil. We want to have that soft soil. Now, of course, to harvest them when they're ready, when they've gotten to the size that you like, You do have to cure them once you've harvested them. And curing helps to toughen up the bulb and improve the flavor. So you shake off the loose dirt, you don't rinse it, you don't scrub it, um, and you put it in a well-ventilated space out of direct sunlight. Don't let it be in sunlight. It may try to grow. And then you'll place those garlic plants that have been shaken with soil off onto wire racks or hang them with their roots upwards. And they should be spaced out on lattice or stacked to allow for good airflow and if possible maybe run a fan over them so with onions i mean with garlic that's something we have to worry about but i hope that today's show has opened your eyes to the wonderful world of onions even though they're stinky they're quite tasty i hope you have a merry christmas and for wrwh and new southern garden my name's nathan wilson stay well grow well and holiday well <laughs> merry christmas we'll see you next week Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show. If you have a comment about today's program, you can reach out to Nathan by sending an email to grow at LanierNurseryGardens.com. Also get more information at NewSouthernGarden.com. 
Join us next Saturday on Local News Radio 93.9 FM and AM 1350 for Nathan Wilson's News Southern Garden Show.